Welcome to the Power of Being You podcast, where we interview people who are out in the world creating change by being authentically themselves. Come along with us as we discover tips and tools that you can use to shine your brilliance even brighter. I'm Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm excited to explore the power of being you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Power of Being You podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm very excited to have this conversation with my friend, Monica Gilliam, today. Um, uh, A little bit about Monica. Uh, She is an acupuncturist, an author, access conscious certified facilitator, talk to the entities facilitator, and founder of Talk to the Plants. Her deep admiration for all living things pushes her to explore ever greater ways to create change in the world. What possibilities are available for us all to thrive here with this gorgeous earth? Thank you for being here, Monica. Yay. Thank you for having me. Um, so a little backstory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was on a meeting and I think in that meeting, I saw that Monica had kittens and, um, I love kittens. Well, most kittens, I wouldn't say that I love all kittens, but I love most kittens. And so we started exchanging, um, uh, our kitten experience. Cause I also have a kitten right now, um, in a chat. And what we kind of discovered was, um, what Monica had already changed using the access tools with one of her kitties. And I was like, that's so cool. Cause it's so applicable, applicable to so many other things. And so I would, I wonder if you could just start there, like your toys to get a kitten and then what ha- happened? Yeah. Well, it's so funny. Cause, uh, the last time I got a kitten was like, over 30 plus years ago. And I had no thought to get a kitten. I just really thought I could not stand to deal with a litter box. (laughs) And then over the past few months, it was like this huge urge for a cat in my life kept on coming up, like waking me up in the middle of the night, like I need to get a cat. And I had no idea what that was all about, but I started to look into it. And then I randomly found these two little boys, these two kittens that were like, yep, I guess I'm not just getting one cat. I'm getting two cats. (laughs) And uh, so I went and I picked them up. And, you know, it's funny because like I have always been around animals, grew up with like animals that were like my siblings. My stepmother loves animals. And so they just had such a prominent role in my life. But I have always thought that I get along more with plants than with animals and have even kind of felt a little alienated from the different animals in my life. So I was curious about this adventure and I just thought, okay, you know what? I've got a lot of different tools these days than I did when I was younger and I can just see what shows up. So I got these two kittens, Rowan and Baloo, and they of course had such different personalities. And as I was getting to know them at first, they were a little skittish. And so I would kind of try to just like relax and let them get to know me. And then I also started playing around with like, okay, so what more can I receive from this creature? You know, I I see its cute little body, but it's more than just that cute little body. And I really had this sense of like, all right, something called me to get a cat. Was it you? <laughs> Were you calling me a little creature? 
so I just kept on like hanging out with them and relaxing. And one of them, Rowan, he's this smaller one and seemed to be a little more skittish, was not so uh, easy to approach. And so one day I just kind of, I relaxed and I just let myself really be present with Baloo. Like I closed my eyes and I just laid down and I just had this sense of Baloo. And it was like, it was almost like a smell or something like, oh, yes, I know that energy. And it was big and beautiful and amazing and interesting. And then I was like, okay, let me turn my attention to Rowan. And it was a really a smaller space and a really different space. And I was kind of like, huh, hi, who are you? It's nice to meet you. This is me. Uh, what's going on? And immediately I just started to have the sense that there were all sorts of points of view that people had about him. Like he was younger, smaller, not younger, smaller, and sometimes seemed to have a little bit of like breathing problems. And it was just like, wow, as I was present with him, it was almost like there were people there that were just telling me all of these ideas about him. So I just was like, wow, people have points of view about you. So I started to ask him to destroy and uncreate all of the points of view and projections and expectations that anybody had of him and that I had of him and whatever that was. And then as I was doing that, the kind of space that I was aware of started to get bigger. And then I said, you know, hey, so it's nice to meet you. And you have this little body that, that, is amazing and like uh, how what's it like having a little kitten body and just was I was just really including his body and then I opened my eyes and there he was he was like right in front of me with his little body and it was the first time that he had just out of nowhere come up to me so that is the the story that kind of sparked this conversation but it's just been so amazing to have um to be willing to be present with them and ask them questions and have them really teach me a lot. <laughs> I There's so many places that this is applicable and I'm like, what question do I want to ask Monica next? Because like, I also, I do a lot of parenting classes and what you just described is like how we could be with our kids and, you know, whether it's greeting them out of the womb, you know, in that, in that same way that you just did. Um, and you walked us through so brilliantly, or even just daily, like, who are you today? And, you know, how do I contribute to you having more of you rather than buying into all the projections that people are putting on you? Um, and how can we do that for ourselves? So I, um, I started to be willing to be aware of the projection. So a lot of times for me in my life, like I would just block all that out and like, almost as if I avoided it or ignored it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect me. And yet that wasn't necessarily the case. So a few years ago, I like walked into an access consciousness class. And as I walked, I was like, okay, I'm going to ask to be aware of all these projections. And as I walk in, I meet one person who's like greeting at the door. And as I go to greet her, I was like, oh, I turned into something for her. Like I couldn't put a label on it, but something about my energy shifted to match whatever she idea she had of me. And then I walked a little bit further and the lady from the bookshop came running out from behind the table to give me a hug. And then there was a different version of me 
based on what her point of view is of me. And as I walked, I just saw all of these different places where I like would morph into something that someone else required to receive from me or to almost like dissipate their point of view about me. Like, oh, I'll show this person you know, or something, you know? And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about like, if someone's hearing this conversation for the first time, like, what do you know about projections that we could like contribute to people looking at today? Well, first of all, they have it, an impact, mm. you know, um, with Rowan, when we started to shift that, it was like the space, his whole universe started to get bigger, which I find to be remarkable. First of all, that you can even be aware of that difference, but it's, it's something that we all actually are more familiar with than we might acknowledge. Like if you walk into a room, just like you were saying, and somebody's like, has all sorts of ideas about you, like you can feel it. You can perceive mm-hmm. it even if you don't go up and interview everybody. You, know? <laughs> you don't yeah. need the language to verify what you're aware of with that and how how you respond to that. It's like it takes a certain fortitude to be able to kind of receive the wave of people's ideas without contracting, without like turning yourself into a billion different things. I also do have to say, as you were um, sharing your story, it's pretty amazing that we do have this capacity to shift and change, mm. you know, in mm. response to one another. And like, I see that we kind of have set ourselves up to do that as a sort of coping mechanism, but it's also like, well, what if we could use that like for the fun of it? What if yeah. like how much... You know, sometimes if somebody sees you a certain way, you, you know, fighting against it isn't going to make them see you any different way. And so you can kind of use that to actually have a conversation with them or engage with them. But it's when you like buy or take that on as what you have to be that you then begin to kind of lock yourself up. You know, so it's like the projections, they're all around us. They are having an impact on us. Our projections of ourselves when we look in the mirror, you know, all of that. It's it it is something that creates how we move through the world. And if we allow ourselves to really get present with that, then we begin to have some choices. It's not like I'm going to totally, you know, let go of all projections, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, there still may be something that sneaks in, you know, that you start to kind of like turn yourself into a chameleon with, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, what if even that wasn't wrong and you let yourself just kind of go, okay, so what am I being right now? Am I enjoying this? What is this creating? Is this useful in this moment? I, years ago, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting so old now, but, <laughs> you know, I've always looked younger than I am and, or than my body is. And uh, so growing up in Texas, there was a lot of kind of like, there, there, little darling, like people <laughs> would talk to me and just kind of discount what I was saying because I seemed so young. And for a long time, I was like, no, I big, <laughs> you know, like in the most little girl way ever, like, 
smart and I would kind of try and fight against them and then at a certain point I realized like oh no actually I do look really young so I can't fault them for thinking that if they can have a conversation with me and maintain that point of view that lets me know their hand that lets me know where they're functioning from and then I can use that information to create how I'm going to interact with this person, you know? And so rather than getting upset about their projection, I can use that kind of like some sort of crazy martial art, (laughs) you know? And at the very least, I can have fun with it. I can just laugh at how somebody can talk to me and continue to have whatever point of view they have, you know? It's more about them than it is about me. Yeah. Well, I grew up always like, I love that you brought that up because I was always taller than everybody. And I would win, like you go to the amusement parks and they have those guess your age things. And I would always walk away with a prize because I was heads above all my classmates and um, fuller figured quicker. And so, you know, when all my, we're all 11 years old, they're thinking I'm 16 and I'm like babysitting, you know, and (laughs) For the longest time, I had the opposite point of view, which was because people would say, you should know better. And I'm like, this shorty next to me is like a year older. Like, why should I know better? And I was always put in leadership roles because of my height. And I would get really like annoyed with having to lead again or having to be whatever that is. And then fight what is actually true about me, which is leadership capacities, because it was being put on me and it wasn't a choice of mine. And there was in my point of view. And once again, like what you said, like if you change your point of view, like, wow, what can I manipulate at 11 years old when everybody thinks I'm 16? You know what I mean? (laughs) Vice versa. So um, I totally get that. And I love that you brought up like even the autopilot thing. Like if it's on autopilot and you're just, you know, morphing to fit everybody else's needs rather than what can you create with it and how much fun can you have with it, then it does become a capacity. You know, chameleon can be a capacity if you're not, um, ran by it with no choice. Right. And so I I love that. You know, I I noticed many years ago that I just noticed when I would be around different people, I would act differently. Mm. And some people when I was around them, it was like I had access to ideas that I'd never had before. Or I would hear myself saying things that I had never said before. And it was fun. You know, it was amazing what being in the space or the world of that person brought out in me. And it was a joy. And then there were other people when I would be around them, I didn't like how I was being, you know. And ultimately, you know, of course, I can, I have so much more of a sense of choice these days that like, I don't ever have to be somebody that I don't like. If I'm acting a certain way that is not fun for me, I can just be like, oh, what's that? You know, and sometimes it's like, oh, that's more about this person that I'm interacting with. And then I can make more choices of like, oh, are they okay? Would they like a hug? Would they like some space? Do I just not want to hang out here today? You know, or but I don't have to be at the effect of it. 
I can notice even me as I'm showing up, not as like, like I'm supposed to be this static thing that like knows who I am and is me as a defined thing all the time and confident, you know, but, but like, even however it is that I'm showing up can be this amazing, like, uh, I don't know how to say this, like something that I can look to for more awareness of what's going on. So I can like read me even to see what's going on in this situation. For example, this is a funny example. Yesterday I went to a dance class and there was somebody who is transgender. I never really say use people's genders. I just, you know, And this person was like, uh, gave a female name and looked very masculine. And in the middle of class, I was just like, my man, I never say my man. The moment I said, I was like, oh, that's not the pronoun that I'm supposed to use, which is just so funny because like, I never say something like that. And it just gave me that information of like, this is so in this person's world, like the fight around it, the proving of it, all of that, that I like kind of Tourette's the wrong thing out, you know? And I definitely could have gone into uh, feeling bad about what I'd done or being, you know, trying to prove something or whatever, but it was more like, huh, that's funny. That's interesting. What I said actually gave me information about what's going on for this person, you know? How, how, how did it end up? Was there- <laughs> I just kind of was like, oh. uh, <laughs> and then I just did the dance moves across the floor <laughs> and, and they didn't say anything anything and I was just like I'll just kind of pretend that didn't happen <laughs> I was like <laughs> what is this? like <laughs> it was really funny I mean I found it hilarious so if nothing else I added a sense of joy to maybe yeah. a mistake you know and of course you know later on I was like I like your eyeshadow <laughs> Because I did, but yeah. also, who knows? Maybe that made up for using the wrong uh, pronoun. Yeah, well, it, it's it's such a cool space that you get that you just offered us that we could give ourselves. Because um, you know, I think we've all, probably all everybody listening has had a foot and mouth moment where you're like, "What did I just say or do?" And not to place blame on the other person, but like you said, to give you awareness of what's going on for them, and even from that place, like. And then to go, you know, acknowledge and compliment the the eyeshadow. It's like, what can you be then with that information? Um, if you don't go into the wrongness of you, if you don't go into the pity party, because you just solidify it more in their world when you add your wrongness to whatever they have up. And so <clears throat> I love that story. I'm so glad you shared it. <laughs> it's funny, like uh, some years ago, I kind of decided that if I was going to make an apology to myself, it would be, oops, (laughs) because, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I did the wrong thing. And you can just be merciless with yourself and there's no escape. You know, if you're upset with you, you don't get a break from you unless you like, you know, go to sleep or get drunk or high or something, you know, create some bigger drama. But like, 
rather than beat myself up for the quote unquote mistakes I make, what if I just kind of laugh at them and just have this sense of like lightheartedness about how silly I can be or, you know, ah, oops, (laughs) wow. Okay. Now that I did that, I may not do that again. You know, I would like to not do that again with the exact same person, (laughs) You, you know, but if I do, then that just shows me even more like, wow, this is really in this person's world, you know? So Mm. it's not, it's all giving us more information. And the information is never that anybody is wrong. Yeah. That's just not it. (laughs) It's like, I like to think about, you know, like when you take a multiple choice exams in school and stuff like that, and they say like, just, you know, kind of eliminate what you know is like the incorrect answer. Uh, You being wrong or anybody being wrong, that's just the incorrect answer. So you just have to (laughs) move past that one. Don't stop there. That's not it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, And um. I love that this whole conversation has come like birth from your experience with your kitty. And um, thank you, Rowan, for your contribution. Um, and I will, I will be sitting with my eyes closed and tapping into my new kittens uh, world because I can perceive a lot of just talking to you about this, like projections at her. And cause I keep going like, when, are, like, when are we going to like, when are we going to have our, our us moment? You know, like what is, what is going on here? And I know a lot of parents feel that way too. Um, you know, looking at connecting with other beings and such. So this has been a huge contribution to me and I know to our listeners. Um, Miss Monica, I've had you on the podcast before, so I don't know if you know what's coming next, but here we go. Um, <laughs> our show is called The Power of Being You. If you were to write the show's description, what would you say The Power of Being You is? Hmm. An adventure? <laughs> The power of being you is never knowing who you are and getting to create it all the time in the way that would be the most fun for you. Amazing. I think I want to loop like people I have on multiple times, like to see what our answers are, are, because they, we all shift and change and everybody has like different answers each time. It's so fucking cool. Um, So thank you again. If people want to find out what you're creating, where you're at in the world, how do they get in contact with you? Well, they can go to talk to the plants on Instagram or Facebook and send me a message there. It's a very rememberable way to do it. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. I'm so grateful. <clears throat> and I'll see everybody else on another episode of The Power of Being You. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to The Power of Being You podcast. If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review. For more information about being you or to learn more about the amazing tools of Access Consciousness, you can go to www.accessconsciousness.com. How much fun can you have exploring the power that comes with truly being you?